advertising is important, but it's only one element of it. You really have to be focused on every interaction that the client has with your business. And you know, they're all equally important because every experience has such a big impact. Hey guys, Susan Canaveri is the Chief Brand Officer at J.P. Morgan Chase after spending a long-standing career on the marketing agency side of the house. Our conversation today dissects the differences between the client and agency side of the business. It's a really interesting perspective to hear. Uh, it will give anyone who's on the agency side a, a better understanding of everything a client has to go through and how much greater it is than the particular marketing side of the business you work on. We also explore what makes her tick. Hey, a sneak peek, intellectual challenges. We dive into how she starts her day, what time she starts her day, how often she checks email and text, how she learns, yes, via podcasts, awesome, and how to be present in meetings. She also shares a simple yet appropriate tip for students and employees. Work hard, be flexible, and also get practical experience. It expedites growth. I love that, and it's so true. We start the conversation with the 5 a.m. wake-up call. Thanks for listening. I get up somewhere between 5 and 5.30, and I take my dog for a walk immediately, and then I get ready and I go for a run. And on my run, that is my time that I catch up on the world news. And so I listen to a series of podcasts every morning. I listen to the New York Times, The Daily. I listen to First Up with NPR, and then I listen to um, Start Here. And that gives me like a general overview of what's going on in the world that day. Um, I get home, take the dog for a second walk, get ready for work. And then on my way to work, I do, I look at my emails um, on the way to work and I sort of figure out like, are there any big pressing issues? What do I need to focus on? What does the day look like? Is it hard between that 5 to 5.30 and the dog walk and the podcast and the jog and then the dog walk again not to look at email? Um, in there, you, I look at my alerts. Okay. So I'll see if something's come up, and, and if I have an alert, then I'll do, the, I'll do my email. Um, but, no, it's, it's pretty busy. Um, you know, it's like I've got such a routine. Um, and I hate to say this because you're not supposed to do it. Everyone says not to, but I also check email before I go to bed to make sure that nothing's come up since, you know, since I left the office and going to bed. So I go to sleep tight, yep. um, wake up, see if, you know, usually you just check. It's on my phone, so I see, you know, if there was, was an alert. And if there's an alert, I'll, I'll answer that question. I also, while I'm getting ready, um, check text messages, so... I tell everybody on my team, if you need to get me, text me, because my inbox is usually, like everybody's, it's got, you know, somewhere between 25 and 100 emails. So I tell everybody, if you need to reach me with something important, text me, and I'm always checking text. And what is it about those three podcasts that um, are important for you? It sounds like a lot of it's just news that's that's current or, or breaking to keep you informed of the day. Is there is there another piece, another part of learning in any of those podcasts that you really enjoy? Well, you, yeah, no, you know what? I actually just think it's important for whatever your business you're in 
to understand what's going on in the world and what impact that will have on your business, right? And so, um, you know, it's for any business, especially especially marketing, but it's for everybody. It's like what's happening um, it, socially, what's happening um, economically, and what's happening politically, and what are the potential implications for how that's going to impact your business. Mm. Um, so I think you're flying blind if you don't have, you know, a good understanding of what's hap- happening um, globally. Yeah. And I know you've been at uh, J.P. Morgan Chase now maybe five-ish years, and you're you're one of those that have gone from the agency side over to the client or the brand side. Talk yeah. talk about the differences, similarities, or differences from each of those. Okay, um, you know what? I I think there's pros and cons of both, and um, so what I love about being on the agency side is I love that the team is usually singly focused on achieving an, an objective um, for your clients. And, and so there's a lot of camaraderie. It's a very creative atmosphere that you're working in, and much of your day is, is uh, focused on solving problems uh, creatively. And there's nothing like that. So um, I love that. What I love about being client-side is you're actually closer to the business problem that needs to be solved, mm. which um, which I like because you're earlier on in the strategy and thinking about, you know, um, what you need to do holistically to solve the business problem through marketing and through communications. I think in both cases, though, um, you are still influencing people. And so, you know, you still have to influence a bunch of people to understand um, the insights that's driving your recommendation on um, how to communicate. And then you're influencing people on the creative idea that you're trying to, you know, show them is going to be one of the solutions to the problem. And, and is there a way where an agency can get, in your mind, get closer to those business problems or a, or a model where the brand is able to uh, solve some of those problems creatively like an agency does? Or, or the, are those the lanes that they should be and that separation is good, too? You know, it's a good question because when I was at the agency side, the biggest complaint is is always like, bring us in earlier, let us help you with your, you know, your strategy more upstream, and we can be of better use to you. And so I do think that the earlier you bring in um, agencies and partners to help solve problems, the better off they're going to be. But the reality is, is that when you get to client side, you realize that I think all businesses, certainly for financial services, but I think this is true of all businesses are much more complicated um, than you see from the agency perspective or that you see from just that advertising perspective. And so I think that was my um, biggest learning is that um, when you get inside, you see the uh, how everything is interconnected and how everything impacts the decisions that are made within a client environment. And so it's everything from you know, uh, looking at the tech roadmap and what the priorities are for the company that's going to impact, you know, how 
products are developed, how servicing is developed, and then ultimately how you, how you can use the communication channels um, to communicate with customers. Or you also see like the interconnectedness of like all the channels that you're um, servicing clients and how important it is that they all work seamlessly together. So the, there's just much bigger issues in running the business that you have understanding of and, and sort of access to the to the complexity of it when you're inside that you don't necessarily need to or want to pay an agency for all the hours that it would take for them to understand and contribute to um, the inner workings of an organization. It's really interesting. It's almost kind of almost jotting down a, a, a new idea of, I don't even know if it's a class, a podcast, or a session, but te- teaching agencies those the complexities of a brand and teaching a brand best ways to work with an agency, some of those models. Because I, I think that's right from an agency side. You know your lane so well, but in your mind you think you can solve then everything across a brand, but as you said, there's so many other pieces to it that the particular agency just wouldn't even be, just wouldn't even know. But not only that, but you don't really want to, because then all of your time is spent on all of the other issues that need to be solved in running a business, and then you don't have time to actually solve the communication problem, which is where your expertise is. Is. So when I was on the agency side and, and I was in account management, it would, the biggest question always was like, God, what are, what are they doing in all these meetings? <laughs> and, you know, it's so hard to get on someone's calendar and you just can't believe that someone is, you know, in meetings all day long. And now on the client side, I actually see the reality of the, or the necessity of those me- meetings and now understand, you know, that really the the advertising or the marketing is a very small percentage of the amount of, of headspace that clients can spend on solving a, a client problem because the client experience is so much broader than just advertising, right? And so when you when you think about um, leading the brand from a client perspective, you're you're really leading every experience a prospect or a client goes through. And advertising is important, but it's only one element of it. You really have to be focused on every interaction that the client has with your business. And, you know, they're all equally important because every experience has such a big impact. Hmm. Interesting perspective. What, what drives you? What, 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 keep, what keeps you ticking so that when you're off the, off the dog walking and you're heading to the office mm-hmm. that, that fires you up for what's ahead that day or, or that week? Um, I think two things. One, I, I like the challenge. I like the intellectual challenges that come our way every single day and come up out of the blue, uh, you know, the unexpected. And I, I love working with a team of people to solve problems. Um, I think, you know, working with smart people who challenge each other and, and come up with different ideas and, and, and share, you know, different ways of solving problems is really exciting. Does anything in that scare you? No. Frustrate me sometimes, but never scare me. Yeah. Yeah. And are you and on a 
daily basis with all those meetings? Do you have a regimen on the email or how you do workflow or every day is different just based on what tasks are there and the alerts that you receive on the text messages? I think the truth is, is every day is a little bit different. And I think every day you you start out um, disciplined and you leave a little, you know, time in your, in your uh, calendar to answer emails or make phone calls. And inevitably many days, Something will come up, someone needs to see you, someone needs five minutes, and, and the time gets eaten away. Um, but I'm, I think that probably email is the bane of everybody's existence, that we all share a universal problem of how to catch up on email. Um, and it, it's, it's no different internally or externally. Yeah. Um, what, I really, what I do try to do is I try not to answer phones in meetings. I try to my best of my ability not pick up my phone or my iPad, um, just because I think, you know, if you're gonna if you're gonna take the time to meet with people, you've got to give them your full attention. And so I, I'd rather do shorter meetings with my full attention rather than, you know, spend time trying to multitask and actually get very little of anything done. Yeah. I like that. Uh, you talked about intellectual challenges. On the pod a couple weeks ago, I think it was Steve Carlin said, Miami uh, teaches, you, you learn how to learn um, when you're in college. That was his assessment of four years. Well, what do you take from Miami that you still use today or was really important just coming out of school and setting you off for work at a younger age? Yeah, I did listen to that podcast, and I liked what he had had to say about it teaches you um, how to learn. And actually, it got me thinking about my own Miami experience. And what I loved about Miami is that I actually got hands-on experience in um, in mass communications in multiple ways. So when I first got to Miami, I thought I wanted to be a television journalist or. A, TV reporter, and so I worked at the Miami television station my freshman year and realized that, one, I'm fairly shy, so getting up in in front of the camera was not like, it wasn't the thrill that I thought it would be for me personally, and I also hated all the downtime when you had to wait for the lighting to get set up and um, sound to get, I just wasn't patient enough for it. Um, and so then I thought, all right, I'm going to be a, a newspaper journalist. And I worked for the Miami newspaper um, and realized, again, I didn't love, like, tracking people down and waiting for them to either get back to me or try to get a hold of them again. And um, so it was, it was like, as close to a real-life experience in both of those cases that I found, like, what I thought was, my dream and what I wanted to pursue wasn't necessarily what I was innately great at. Um, And then it was my senior year that I was in Laws Hall and Associates, and I loved it. Um, I loved, you know, working through a business problem with a team of people. I loved, like, customer insights and and what's the way into um, really understanding human motivations, and I loved the creativity behind it. And so, for me, like, the whole Miami experience it was getting as close to a real-life experience as you can possibly get in college um, and sort of testing out, you know, what you, what, you're, what you think you want to do versus what you actually enjoy doing and are good at it. Mm. 
gosh, so important. And I think so many people want that first job or even internship to be what they do for 30 years where if you can start to rule out what you don't, what you don't excel at, what you don't have a passion for, probably sets you in a better direction for the long term. That's exactly right. And for me, it was like early on, right? I got it. I got experience as a freshman at the television station. I got experience um, at the paper as a sophomore. And so I didn't have to wait till I was a senior or had graduated to get an internship um, at a company. It was really great experience. And did you get a job through the job fair or how did you have your get your first job out of school? So I grew up in Rochester, New York, and all through high school and all through college, I worked at a department store um, in Rochester, Sibley's Department Store. So when I graduated, I knew I wanted to get into advertising, and I wrote to every advertising department within a department store. And my first job was in Filene's in their advertising department in Boston. And I... um, I just wrote about, you know, my experience at retail and my desire to get into advertising, and I got hired. And I I loved a lot of things about it, but the fashion advertising at at this time, and I still assume it's the same, it was interesting, but then after, it's just very repetitive after a while, right? Season after season, you're advertising the same sort of things. And so I wanted to stay within advertising, but I wanted to do a, a greater variety of, um, of advertising in, a, in different channels. And I know now you, you stay busy outside of work, even just with, let's call it the extracurriculars, like you were doing with the newspaper or TV, be it with the Advertising Council or Mobile Marketing Association, and I'm not sure if both of those roles are, are current or not, but the importance for you to continually network and learn and meet peers outside of just the job itself. Yeah, well, you know what I think is really helpful about these um, industry associations is, it, sure, it's helpful to network and it's it's always great to meet people, but people are generally very generous with um sharing their learnings and, and their knowledge. And so when, when you share, like, what you're learning in your job or your industry and people contribute, you know, what they're sharing, it helps you see, like, either we're all going through similar issues and similar problems or you'll find there's a new way to look at something that you hadn't thought of before. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's both... Um, Having support that you know we're all we're all facing similar challenges, and it also um, helps to hear how other people are solving things, and and you know sparks different different ideas um, and different ways to to think about things. Mm. And uh, how else besides the podcast and industry events do you learn, or or is that the primary learning uh, again outside of work, but just to continue inspiration and think about innovation and what the future holds. What are the other ways that you take that in? Um, I'm a voracious reader, so I always am reading. I always have a book with me. I'm almost addicted to having to uh, having a book and something to read with me. I go to conferences a lot um, and, you know, uh, try to pick conferences that um, are going to stretch me and and, and um, you know, learn new things. Um, I, you know, 
do my de- best to keep up with with friends and and people in the industry and and use my network to to share what I'm doing but also learn from what you know from what other people are doing and if you're sitting if you're heading uptown with a book in hand in Oxford and you're walking down high street where are you stopping in to get a get some food what what are you eating <laughs> oh god what am i eating is it is it skippers is it, it is there it, a is oh my ba- god is it a bagel and deli is it it's all of those things. It's a bagel and deli. But what was the place? Oh, what was the um, pizza? Pl- well, there's Bruno's Pizza. Yeah, sure. 50, it was fifty cents a slice when I was at Miami. <laughs> I think it was fifty-five cents for me. <laughs> okay, and then it was the Turkey Gobbler at um, SDS. SDS, yes. Oh my God, it was so good. <laughs> and what do you to those to those kids there now? The seniors that are going to be walking out into the real world in three months. What's the tip that you give them? My tip is is my tip is is that you really just have to work really hard and be flexible. I think in today's world things are changing so quickly um, that the best thing to do is embrace change, be flexible work hard, be open to new ideas, um, and, um, you know, pursue different things. I think that, you know, when we were in school, people would always be like, what do you want to do in three or five years from now? And I'm not sure anyone can answer that because I don't think we are going to know what's, what the world is going to be like in three to five years from now. Um, you know, you look five years back or 10 years back and many of the biggest companies in the world weren't around. And I think that's true of five years from now. So, you know, I just encourage people keep your mind open, be flexible and work really hard. Yeah. Susan is smart, articulate, and it really makes for a great conversation. Thanks Susan for taking time. Some great tips in there for students, employees, alumni, and me. Uh, I mean that. Thanks, everyone, for listening and sharing Beyond High Street. I hope to see everyone soon at Skippers. I'll be back in May and June. See ya.